Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. And at Just the News this morning, today, we've got a big breaking story. The extraordinary story of how a Soros-funded prosecutor filed a false case against the sitting governor of Missouri, Eric Greitens, got him to resign, and then had to reveal that everything in the indictment was made up, bogus, uh, false, concocted. Uh, there was an investigator who's now for the prosecution, who's been indicted on seven felonies, and the prosecutor who brought that case, Kimberly Gardner, under investigation herself. This is a story that mirrors the Russia collusion investigation, the uh, reversal that occurred against President Trump when he was accused of colluding with uh, Vladimir Putin, only to find out the FBI knew all along it wasn't true. This is the heartland version of it. You're not going to want to miss it because we have the governor the former governor, here himself today. Eric Greitens joins us in a few minutes. Few minutes. You will not want to miss what he says, what he went through, what the documents that we've put up on justthenews.com show. This is an explosive new example of weaponizing law enforcement for political purposes. You're going to want to join us. I'm also going to talk a little bit about elections and a few other things going on in the country. We'll be right back after this commercial break. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. A quick reminder. We're able to do things like John Solomon Reports and JustTheNews.com because of the very gracious sponsors who back our work. And the best way you can support our reporting, our investigating, our truth-telling is to go buy those products and support those sponsors. We're so grateful for everything they do. All right, we're going to be here in a few minutes with Governor Greitens. You're not going to want to miss, miss this. But before we get to that, I want to go over a couple of big developments in the last couple of days. First off, on the election front, we saw what Joe Biden did. He had a super Tuesday. He's now the front runner and could rate, run away with this race in the next couple of weeks. Today, uh, Elizabeth Warren is dropping out of the race, joining Mike Bloomberg, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, and about 20 others who've fallen off the race since last year. What does that mean? It means it becomes a two-man race. It's Biden v. Bernie, and it's going to be a battle for the heart of the Democratic Party. It's going to be the left wing, the Democratic Socialist wing that the Warren um, uh, Biden, or excuse me, the Warren uh, Bernie Sanders team represents against the establishment that's now fully behind Joe Biden after months of being doubtful about his performance. Oh, you're going to have to watch this dynamic play out. Somebody's going to win the heart and soul of the Democratic Party in the next few weeks. The question is, will it be Bernie or will it be Biden? 
Now, while that's going on, there are some major developments in Biden's backyard. Yeah, the backyard that we call Ukraine. So yesterday, Ukraine's new president, Volodymyr Zelensky, gave a speech. He fired his whole cabinet just six months into his presidency, but he went out of his way to raise one issue that he says troubles him most about Ukraine. Over the last decade or so, Ukrainian corporations, because of the country's reputation as being corrupt, have repeatedly hired foreigners, often Americans, almost always Westerners, to come in and serve on these corporate boards. And Zelensky uh, decried that. And when he decried that, he was basically decrying the very practice that landed, you got it, Hunter Biden, on the board of Burisma back in 2014, when Vice President Joe Biden was the, overseeing Ukraine policy. So the new president, a former comedian, a former television star in Ukraine, some people call him the Trump of Ukraine, uh, his message is this practice of landing Americans and Westerners on Ukrainian boards has been bad for Ukraine. That's going to have a direct impact. Keep an eye on that. I bet that becomes a political moment here in the United States in the next few days. Let's keep an eye on that and, um, and watch the development. Meanwhile, there's an even more pressing development on the Ukraine front, front that's going to have an impact when um, Joe Biden uh, runs the next few weeks. Senator Ron Johnson, chairman of the Senate um, uh, uh, one of the most powerful Senate committees in Washington, he announced yesterday he's going to write and release an interim report about what his investigators found about Hunter Biden, how he got on the board at Brisma, what legal and ethical concerns Americans and others had then and hold now, what new evidence might emerge, what was the justification for paying Hunter Biden's firm more than $3 million, and how corrupt was this Brisma company at the time that they hired Hunter Biden. This is going to be an explosive report. It's going to come out in the spring, right as the Democratic nomination process is wrapping up. Uh, Democrats will call it politics. Republicans will call it oversight. But at the end of the day, let's hope the Americans get some of the facts, like those I reported over the last year, so we can get a better understanding of what Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the Obama administration, the Ukrainian government were involved in. Maybe it's nothing more than the appearance of a conflict of interest, something that the State Department's already acknowledged. Maybe it's something more nefarious. We can't judge until we get the facts. And the good news is the first round of facts from Senator Ron Johnson on the Governmental Affairs Committee are going to be coming out in a few weeks. And that will give us our first glimpse into what investigators have been looking at for the last six months. A big development. Could be good, could be bad for Joe Biden. We'll have to wait and see. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. That's something President Trump didn't get during the Russia collusion case. We know better after how that case turned out. All right. The real story we want to tell you today is one from the show me state, Missouri. In a couple of seconds, right after we come back from this commercial break, Governor, former Governor Eric Greitens joins us. You do not want to miss his story. The incredible tale of a political prosecution that fell the governor only to unravel after he left office. I'm John Solomon. You're listening to John Solomon Reports. We'll be back after the commercial break. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, we have the former governor of Missouri with us, Eric Greitens. 
Governor Greitens, good to join you. John, great to be on with you. Thanks yeah, very much. Really John. super to have you here. Uh, we have a story up on the site right now, uh, yes. Just the News, that, that tells a little bit about what really happened in your case. Uh, a, a criminal charge is filed against you. It turns out there was no merit, no substance to it. It was contrived, may have even been a dream. Uh, you're forced to resign. Yes. And then uh, the case unravels after the political damage is done to you. Yeah. You're now two years removed from that experience. What's that been like? Well, first, John, it was tough. I mean, obviously, this was very personally hard. Um, you know, all of your listeners will know it's hard when people lie about you. Um, it is even harder when, as a public figure, those lies are magnified and projected by the fake news literally all over the country. I think the good news is, as you covered in your, in your story on Just the News, this now is starting to turn. And people are seeing that this, uh, the woman who charged me is a Soros-funded prosecutor, right. and her investigator has already been indicted for seven felonies. Yeah. Six felony counts of perjury, one felony count of evidence tampering, and it looks like in Missouri we'll have the first person who's likely to go to prison for their criminal efforts to overturn the 2016 election. Wow. Uh, let's let's introduce the characters so yes, for please, those folks who please. don't know. Yes. Um, you're elected in 2016. You're right. a former Navy SEAL. Correct. And uh, did a lot of great work in the uh, uh, wounded warrior community as well. You have a yes. charity that helps people out. Yes. You were a first-time politician, right, yes. when you were in? Yeah. You get into Missouri, and you take on the establishment and yes. lobbyist gifts to politicians. Yes. You uh, put a freeze on a program that made a lot of people rich in, uh, that was called the Low Income Housing Credit Program. Yes. So you weren't popular with the establishment, but you were popular with the people. We were very popular with people because I was. I came in as a conservative outsider. Um, I came back from Iraq after my team had been hit by a suicide truck bomb. Um, I was fortunate that my injuries were minor, but a lot of my guys were hurt far worse than I was. So I'd spent my you know, life serving as a Navy SEAL, helping returning veterans, and I was a complete outsider to politics, running against the establishment. Yeah. And I think what really shocked people was not only that we won, I mean, nobody gave us a chance, right. but then when we got into office, we did exactly what we promised we were gonna do. Uh, we killed a politician's pay raise, we banned all gifts from lobbyists, uh, we slammed shut the revolving door between lobbyists and the executive right. branch, and then as you mentioned, there was this program in Missouri which had been ripping people off to the tune of over $1.3 billion over the last decade. Wow. And we took it to zero. Right. And that upset a lot of the insiders. All right. So that same year that you yes. have this magnanimous election and you yes. begin this amazing policy change, there's another person elected. Her name is Kimberly Gardner. That's right. African-American, the first African-American chief prosecutor for St. Louis. Yes, that's right. Uh, she gets about two-thirds of her funding from a George Soros PAC. Yes. And uh, she sort of rides the, po rides the wave of the post-Ferguson unrest in St. Louis. That's right. Becomes a very popular early uh, prosecutor in the yeah. city. And your two paths collide in January of 2018, right? Yes, yes. Um, the day after your second State of the State address, if That's I remember. Right. That's exactly um, earlier that day or in that week, you acknowledged that you had had an affair with yes. your hairdresser. Yes. Correct? Yes. And then the next day, she announces that she's initiating an investigation against yes. you. Yes. Uh, while it's true she initiated the investigation, she didn't really initiate the investigation that day, did she? No, I mean, one of the things that we found out is that she has lied all along and that, in fact, she had lied about when she started the investigation. And, yeah, it was a Soros-funded prosecutor who'd actually started the paperwork for this in December of 2017. Amazing. Um, this was a manufactured investigation. It was a hit job. 
it was designed to drive me from office in part because as you mentioned, you know, and, and your listeners will remember, Ferguson, Missouri was kind of home, like ground zero for the anti-police movement it in was, America. Right. I came in, I was 100% pro-police governor. We made very clear that we were not going to tolerate looting, burning, anything like that. Right. And then you had Kim Gardner, who was funded by Soros. So you've got this anti-police prosecutor in Kim Gardner, a pro-police governor, and she makes up this phony charge against me to drive me from office. And uh, well, I'll remind our readers, if you go to justthenews.com site, you'll actually be able to see the indictment yes. that was filed against Governor Greitens. And if you go down to the bottom, go look at the timestamp. You're not going to believe this. It really does say December 27th, uh, 2017. 2017. So she really began the case much earlier than when she announced it. Yes. And that became one of many examples of the uh, falsehoods that were involved in this case, correct? That's right. Look, uh, they falsified quotations. They made up evidence. That's why there's six felony counts of perjury. They also hid evidence that proved that I was innocent. That's why there's a felony count for evidence tampering. Right. This was a r series of rampant misconduct on her part. And now, finally, the truth is coming to light. I'll also say, one of the things that people in Missouri love is that they can go to the Just the News site, and just like you mentioned, if they click on the Dig In, yeah. people are reading the actual documents, and they love the fact that they can see for themselves, this is the testimony, this is the court transcript, where you can see a, a George Soros-funded prosecutor lie. This is the, the transcript of a deposition or a video you can watch where you can actually watch this ex-FBI agent lie under oath. And so I think that's one thing that people really like is that they can see, yeah, this is true and they can see it for themselves. It's, um, it was remarkable when I first came out to St. Louis last summer to start yes. this uh, journey in, in reporting. Uh, it almost seemed too improbable to all be true. Now, all of these things could not have possibly happened. But then you dig into the court file and you realize each of these things happened. Now, let's introduce the yes. character you just mentioned. Please. There's a name called William Tisby. Yes. He's an unusual character because normally in St. Louis, the chief prosecutor would rely on the police and her own investigative right. staff to, to do a case uh, if yes. it was against the governor of Missouri. Yes. She doesn't do that. She goes outside, yes. correct? Yes. Hires a guy named William Tisby, an FBI agent. He has a little bit of uh, uh, problems in his background. He left right. the FBI not the best of terms, right? Right. The, yeah, so she goes, she doesn't use the police. Right. She doesn't use her own investigator. She hires a former FBI agent who had actually been fired from the FBI for lying. Right. And she brings him in, and together they lie repeatedly. They lie about their collusion. They lie about their cooperation. They lie about everything that they did to manufacture this false case. And that's why not only is Tisby, her investigator, uh, been indicted for seven felonies, but Kim Gardner, the Soros-funded prosecutor, is also under criminal investigation herself. Yeah, and, and if you read the Tisby uh, document, uh, and he's pleaded innocent, so yes. we're going to give him the benefit yeah. of the doubt. Yeah. Let's see how the trial goes. It's yes. later this month, as that's, I recall. That's right. Um, but uh, when you read the document, the, the special prosecutor who's brought these charges, reversed your case, yes. brought these charges, uh, really identifies Kim Gardner as being an active participant in these falsehoods. For instance, at one point they note that they were questioning, she led the questioning of Mr. Tisby, yes. where she asked the question, was there a videotape of uh, the deposition of your accuser right. that maybe should have been turned over to the defense? And he, I believe the answer is absolutely not. Right. They found that videotape, didn't they? They did. This is just one example. What you had in this case was you had a Soros-funded prosecutor and her hand-picked FBI agent manufacturing an investigation. 
and they lied repeatedly trying to claim it was an independent investigation. Right. In fact, the whole thing was baked from the beginning. And Kim Gardner gave this guy notes. He claimed he didn't have notes. Kim Gardner told him what to say, uh, the questions he should ask, told him what he should put into his reports. The whole thing was a political hit job. This videotape proved that they'd been lying. And so together, they lied and said that there wasn't a videotape. And this is one of the things Kim Gardner, just as you said, she was an active participant, the Soros-funded prosecutor, in trying to, to manufacture this false case. So the indictment against Tisby blames her for not correcting Tisby when he lies, yes. for not turning over the videotape, yes. uh, for not getting the factual timeline accurate. Yes. So let's think about the extraordinary um, uh, change of events. Why is December 27th, 2017 so important? They're beginning a case and starting the writing of an indictment before they've allegedly interviewed the witness who's the complainant. Correct. They had not even interviewed Katrina Sneed, your former hairdresser, yes. your former mistress, Yes. yes. and yet they're already writing indictment. They're already writing an indictment, and what's also you know crazy about this case, which is, is uh, you've pointed out in your reporting, is that they went and solicited her, asked her to make an allegation, then you got $120,000 in cash landing, right. paid to people who make false accusations. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, people hear President Trump talk about the deep state, they hear people talk about, you know, corruption, and they don't believe it. This is a case where it's all documented, where you can see yeah. a Soros-funded prosecutor lying. You can see a former FBI agent lying and manufacturing a case, cash payments made to witnesses, and it's all there for everybody to see. It is remarkable. It almost feels like it's ripped out of a fiction novel, except that it's really true, and it had an enormous consequence on your yes. political career and on the yes. vote that Missouri, Missourians gave in putting you in office. They lost the governor they elected. Yeah, I think this is, this is what's important for people to remember, is that this was organized as a campaign to drive me from office because I was a conservative outsider. And you had national liberals working with deep state insiders together to drive me from office. And this is what they do to conservative outsiders who are a threat. And yeah, it was a crime that was committed against me, but most importantly, it was a crime against the people of Missouri. I mean, these were their votes who they worked to overturn in this, in this criminal enterprise. The, um, walking through this uh, very complicated story, um, you have a prosecutor who goes out, starts writing the indictment, then solicits a complainant who, by the way, never went to police, right. never, never uh, said, uh, said there was anything untoward that you right. had done. Right. And they have this story that comes out in the indictment, single paragraph, no substantiation, right. that you took a naked picture or scantily clad picture of her and then tried to transmit it yes. and threaten to extort her with it yes. if, in fact... Um, uh, she ever talked about your affair. Yes. We go to the evidence and we find out when she testifies in that videotape that they withheld from you, that yes. they lied about in the court, she actually testifies, I didn't come forward for a very specific reason. Why was that? Well, what she says is that in fact, she said she might have been remembering things through a dream. So this was a dream. This was a dream. And she says repeatedly, she says, I never saw a photograph. She says, I never saw a phone, I never saw a camera. She says, I might have been remembering this through a dream. And I think that, you know, for your listeners, most normal people think, well, I mean, you have to have some evidence to charge somebody. You with would certainly think like so. This, but this is happening in the United States of America today. You can have a George Soros-funded prosecutor charge someone for a crime 
with no evidence at all. And it happened, it's happening, and it's why people need to know uh, that this is happening so so we can fight it on what happens in, in other places. Now, you never got a chance to testify because your case never went to trial right. because it, the, uh, the charges were withdrawn as soon as the misconduct was finally discovered. But um, if you were going to testify, someone would ask you, did you have the fear? You've already answered yes. Yes. Uh, did you ever take a picture? No, I didn't. And, 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 and it, it was unfortunate that we didn't have a chance to testify. Kim Gardner dropped the case when she was ordered by the judge That's that right. she was going to have to testify. Trigger. And then the prosecutor dropped the case. But yes, look, I made a, I made a mistake in my, in my personal life. I admitted to it. I took responsibility for it. Um, but all of these charges, I didn't take a picture. I said that from the beginning. All of the evidence proved that. And uh, all of the charges that they made, they ultimately showed that they had zero evidence for them. Wow. So we charge a governor, force him to resign for taking a picture that wasn't taken yes. from a witness who said she may have dreamed up, yes. the, the, who never came forward to the police and specifically was solicited by the prosecutor and her uh, investigator to make the allegation. Yes. Uh, there is the exchange of money during the course of yes. the case. There is uh, questions of political tampering. Yeah. Uh, Katrina Sneed testifies that your former opponent in 2016, the yeah. Democrat that you defeated yes. in the election, yes. was a mentor to her, yes. correct? Yes. I think uh, they described in one of the court documents as a father figure. Yes. Uh, and the day that Kim Gardner announces an investigation in January of 2018, yes. uh, uh, there is evidence that Katrina Sneed got three phone calls. Who did those phone calls go to? Three text messages. I'm sorry, yeah, three yeah, text yeah, messages. Yeah, yeah. Three, I'm three, sorry. Three, 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 right. three text messages right. come into her, documented evidence from a Democratic state representative who's saying, who's pushing her to make allegations to work with the Soros-funded prosecutor and also says that the House Democratic leadership is talking to her about this. It's very clear this was a political hit job and they were pushing her to participate um, in making false allegations. It, it is extraordinary. And um, we write with my good colleague, Christine Dolan, who yes. did a lot of the research yes. on this, um, that the parallels between what happened to you and what happened to President Trump in the Russia collusion case are very eerily similar, except for one thing. The president never got charged. Yes. You were actually uh, uh, facing a false charge, had to go to court to defend yourself. I mean, this is what, what's crazy is, yes, you have a George Soros-funded prosecutor who charged me with a felony. I mean, I had to go in and have my mugshot taken. Wow. That mugshot was broadcast around the it world. Was. I had to call, you know, my nephew, who at the time, I guess, was probably 11 years old, and I'm his hero, Eric Greitens, Uncle Eric, the Navy SEAL, whatever, right. and tell him that this is happening. And wow. you're living in this kind of otherworldly space where you can't believe that someone can charge you for a crime with no evidence, but that's what this has come to. And yeah, Soros, Soros-funded prosecutors, they're willing to weaponize the law. The, um, what recourse do you have now? Let me ask you a question. Yeah. The Missouri voters obviously had their vote reversed by a bogus case. Yeah. Have you considered in any way bringing litigation against the prosecutor for uh, violations of the Voting Rights Act or your own civil rights? Is that something you're contemplating? Yes, it, that is something that we're contemplating. Uh, the advice that, that we've had is like, let this criminal prosecution play out. Let, oh, let her, her investigator go to trial, see when possibly Kim Gardner may be indicted herself. Let all of that information uh, come out. And 
Um, you know, we were recently exonerated by the Missouri Ethics Commission, right. who they did a 20-month investigation with 23 subpoenas, over 8,500 documents. At the end of all of that, there are all these allegations made against me. They said they found no evidence of any wrongdoing by Eric Graydens. And one of the things they specifically put in their order was that we maintained all of our civil and criminal remedies to go after the people who made these false accusations. So yes, it's something we are seriously considering and we're gonna you know, let the criminal prosecution continue. What do you think happens? The Tisby trial is supposed to start in a couple of weeks. Um, he, his lawyer has said he, he's absolutely 100% innocent. We've watched the videotape. There's very little doubt he gave the testimony. In fact, the good part is anyone can go on justthenews.com, go to the dig in button, Click on the little YouTube link and you can watch William Tisby's testimony, the one where prosecutors allege that he lied. You can actually watch him make the statements. No, there's not a videotape. No, I didn't have any notes. All things that have now been proven false. Um, what do you think happens at his trial? Look, the guy's guilty. I mean, the videotape shows it, it proves it, he knows it. I think that what happens is that he may make a deal to testify right. against Kim Gardner, or I think if he goes to trial, they're going to show him lying, and then they're going to show a videotape of the proof. And I think any jury is going to look at that and say, yes, this guy's guilty. And he's facing, with the six felony counts for perjury yeah. and the felony count oh, for evidence time. tampering, he's facing a long time with seven yeah. felonies. So I don't know. I'm not inside their head. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see that he comes to make some deal uh, before the before the trial. If it gets to trial, is there a big revelation you expect to come out that hasn't come out yet? Things that uh, you know from your research in the case, that your lawyers who've done a good job in the case. Is there something that you expect the Missouri voters to, to find out about this? Yeah, I think that what's going to happen is that people are going to see, and already with the article on Just the News and a lot of the documents that are in the Dig In section, there are all of these things which people might have heard about. They might have heard, oh, we heard that they falsified statements, but now you can actually go and see them. They might have heard, yeah, they, they lied about their cooperation. That's going to come out. So I think what will really happen is that the rampant misconduct will finally be covered. Um, and I think that's probably the, what will most likely happen. Now, might we learn other things about other lies that they told? It's certainly possible because the special prosecutor has found that they continued to lie all throughout my case. The indictment makes that abundantly clear. Yeah, so, so we don't know the extent of the lies that they, that they actually told at this point. Now, some of these things happened outside of uh, Missouri. The, uh, Kim Gardner traveled across state lines to yes. Illinois to meet the first time to solicit yes. the help of Katrina Sneed in yes. uh, making this allegation against you. I believe she traveled once to Michigan or Louisiana. She went to Louisiana, Louisiana. to meet with Tisby. T Tisby. Right. Right. Is there any possibility, and then there's this exchange of money, yes. and I see some state lawmakers in Missouri now are calling for the FBI to get involved. Is there the possibility of federal criminal charges that could come out of this, an interstate conspiracy, a um, uh, money laundering conspiracy? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, and I believe it's really important that we have federal law enforcement get involved because, as you mentioned, there is at least $120,000 yeah. that came in, and it was delivered to people who made false accusations. And so we know that that happened. Uh, there's obviously tax implications for that money, right. potential wire fraud that needs to be looked at. And, yes, you do have people working together 
in this criminal enterprise to take down and over, overturn people's votes. So I do think that there's very strong grounds for uh, the uh, federal government to get involved and federal law enforcement to look at this as well. Do you, um, when you look out, you lost half of your term as governor. You were supposed yeah. to serve four years. Yeah. You, were, you were forced to resign in less than two. Yeah. Do you um, have any ambition to get back in the political game, or has this soured your taste on politics? Well, you know, I, I, I loved, and it was an honor and a blessing to serve the people of Missouri as governor. Um, and we did a tremendous job, uh, not me, but like my team right. and the people of Missouri. And what we were able to do for police officers and for kids in foster care and for veterans, the work that we were able to do, I think we were able to accomplish more in our first year than had been accomplished in the previous 16 years. And that's one of the reasons why we had this you know, cabal of national liberals and insiders who wanted to drive us out. Um, I love serving, and you know I'm going to continue to serve. I'm still in the Navy Reserve, That's continuing right. to serve there, um, and you know at at some point I, I I'd love to to serve again. Is that is that a Senate seat, a governor, a House seat? Do you have any targets in mind, or is it too soon? To... No, I th- I think it's probably too soon to say right now. What I'm really focused on right now is making sure that we get the truth out. Right. Uh, we want to get the truth out about everything that happened, and that's why it's so nice that people can go out and literally you can go and click for yourself on the story, and you can see you can watch people lie about uh, this effort uh, in this their effort to drive me from office. Um, so the focus is really on doing that. I did, you know, it was, it was an honor to serve. And, uh, and, and, and I will also say the people of Missouri have been so good. This is one thing. It's a very that, gracious state. I've been able to visit it for many times yes. over the years. And it's one of the warmest, the most hospitable states you'll ever go to. People are incredibly gracious. They're incredibly kind. And what's also interesting about what happened is that people always had a gut sense that something was wrong. Yeah. They're like, well, you know, we saw a mugshot, but like then we heard she had no evidence. And then we heard that they lied. And then we heard people paid cash to people who made false accusations. And even if they didn't know all of the characters, even if they didn't know all of the ins and outs, they knew that something was wrong. And now that this has been exposed, uh, you know, people are coming up to me literally when I go to pump gas or I'm walking through the grocery store and they just say, hey, we're sorry about what happened to your family. It's just like what they're trying to do to Trump. Uh, we love you. We're praying for you. The parallels with the Trump yeah. investigation are so yeah. enormous, except yours went much further than President Trump yes. at the end of the day. Yes. Um, we've got a lot of reaction from the story. We're a national news organization, so it comes yes. from California, Florida, yes. Michigan. Yes. But the most interesting reaction have come from residents and voters and citizens inside Missouri, yes. which said, we've been reading about this case, and none of the local media have any of this information. How could that be? How frustrating was it to know all of this evidence of innocence, to know the misconduct, and yet to keep seeing the headlines uh, go against you as you're the crooked governor, you're the guy who indicted. Um, what's wrong with the media that this side of the story, which, by the way, I don't want to pat just the news on the back too hard because most of this evidence was sitting in plain view that we gathered. It wasn't hard to find. It's sitting in plain view. This was what was so deeply disturbing as we were going through this. We literally couldn't get a single print newspaper in the state to write about the facts. Mm. They were all pushing Kim Gardner's narrative. They were all pushing the George Soros prosecutor's narrative. They were all pushing the narrative of establishment insiders in Jefferson City. Even when the facts were sitting in front of them, even when they saw themselves that there was no evidence. I mean, early on, one of Kim Gardner's assistants says to the judge, 
we charged him for a crime so that we could look for evidence. Wow. But you didn't have any reporters asking tough questions of a Soros-funded prosecutor. So it was deeply disturbing. It was hard. Uh, one of my takeaways is that you do have to have faith that eventually the truth comes to light. And that's why it's been so good to have just the news and national journalists start digging into the story. And it has gotten national attention. Uh, but one of the things that's maybe most interesting is that when we were recently exonerated by the Missouri Ethics Commission, right? So again, this massive uh, investigation lasts over 20 months. Right. At the end of it, they're incredibly clear. They write, Eric Greitens, we found no evidence of any wrongdoing. Yeah. And you were not personally involved in any wrongdoing. Is what and, the actual sentence says. Yes, yeah, right? yes. It clears that. And from CNN to Breitbart, on the national level, they all headlined, no evidence of any wrongdoing, Greitens cleared, Greitens exonerated. But the Missouri media, who had participated and worked with Kim Gardner hand-in-hand in, hand in pushing all of these allegations, they almost refused to write the facts of what the Missouri Ethics Commission found. It's, um, it is extraordinary. We, we saw it in going through the clips because as you prepare for a story like this, the first thing you do is you go and you read all the media yes. in the local market. And that's when I first came out to uh, Missouri and started meeting yes. with people and got a chance yes. to meet with you. I kept thinking, this can't be true because the newspapers don't have any of this in it. Right. Where, where's all this evidence? And it turned out uh, it was sitting in plain view. It was yes. remarkable. And um, I have to ask this because I, yeah. I, I wonder, are we in an era where this is the new norm, that the FBI can get a FISA warrant knowing that the information they put in there was wrong, that a prosecutor can prosecute you for felony invasion of privacy for a photo they did not have and for an allegation that they solicited? Is this the new norm in politics, or how can we avoid this becoming the new form of warfare for politics? Well, look, I think that, unfortunately, we're seeing it again and again. I mean, there's clearly a wave now where the left has decided this is their weapon. They are going to weaponize the law. They're going to run bogus investigations. They're going to put people forward who make false allegations. And then they're going to rely on people who don't care about the facts and the fake news to drive those, uh, those stories and those allegations. And it has an awful effect on not just the person who's targeted, but on your family, sure. on your team. I mean, one of the things that's missed here is that everybody around me, they get subpoenas, they get their names dragged through the mud, they have to hire lawyers all. Very expensive too. It's extraordinarily yeah. expensive. It's extraordinarily expensive. And unfortunately, I do think that we are seeing a wave of this. And I think it's why it is so important that we let people know this is happening so they can react to it. I mean, one of the things that I've experienced is in Missouri, this happened, this was kind of came before the Russia collusion hoax was exposed. That's right. It came before the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. Right. And so when this was happening, I don't think people were as attuned to the way false allegations could be made, these whole you know, bogus investigations could be pushed. But clearly there's a trend and we have to stop it. In warfare, and you know this as a, a Navy SEAL, deterrence is an important way of keeping the enemy from yes. doing something. Yes. What's the deterrence? What's the disincentive for the next prosecutor, the next FBI agent who thinks of maybe they might want to cheat because it meets their political agenda? How do we create a deterrence that the pain is too high that they don't try, try to take that risk? I think there's probably three things that we can do. I think first is, and again, Missouri might be at the leading edge here, 
the prosecutor and her investigator, certainly her investigator is going to trial this month, may go to prison for doing this. Okay, so that's one deterrent. That is a painful if you, deterrent. It's got yes. a, a painful deterrent yeah. that if you're going to make false allegations, if you're going to charge people for crimes with no evidence, you may go to prison yourself. So I think that's number one. I think it's really important. But that also requires prosecutors who are willing to go after people who make false allegations. So, so we, we, need to, we need to make that happen. That's number one. I think number two, I actually think it's really important that we reelect the president. Um, we've had the left go after the president in this way. Everybody is seeing this. And if they think and they are incentivized to believe that the Russia collusion hoax, that all of the, the kind of Pelosi-driven fake Ukraine impeachment crisis, if all of that can work, they're going to do more of it. Sure. So that's the second thing we need to do. And then third, I think at the local level, we need to do things like what just the news has done, get these stories out. You put the facts in front of people so that when people see the next time that a conservative outsider is charged with a crime or a conservative outsider has allegations made against them, they can say, well, wait, let's find out what the facts are. The, um, there was an interesting person that called me this morning. And so uh, Kim Gardner has injected the issue of race in this investigation, yes. suggesting because she's an African-American prosecutor, this is a racist attempt to smear her because she's called out the police for their, their tactics or what have you. This person called me. They were an African-American. They lived in uh, St. Louis. And they said to me, listen, you know what the real thing that concerns me about this? If they could do it to a rich, powerful guy like Eric Greitens, a guy who's you know, not really rich, but governor yes, yes. and powerful, they could do to my brother on the street corner the next time. This matters to me in my community. I was blown away by the call when it happens. Yes. Um, yes. That's the danger. Once you cross this threshold for a political cause, it's yes. so much easier to do it downstream as well. well. You, and and th this is what people across, across Missouri said to me. Yeah. They watched this and they said, we're afraid. We saw what happened to you. They came after you. If somebody doesn't like you now, they can charge you for a crime with no evidence, and they can drive your family into bankruptcy. Mm. They can drag. Perfect example. Yes, yeah. they can. They can drag your reputation right. through the mud. And uh, yeah, it's one of the things that people around Missouri have seen is that it's not just that their votes were stolen. It's scary that you can have Soros-funded prosecutors or people with a political agenda who will weaponize the law and they can use it against anyone who they disagree with. Yeah, that is the scary part here and why, as journalists, we need to do a better job of exposing these things. Um, I want to end on something that we normally don't end on. We always yeah. talk about politics, policy, yeah, law yeah, enforcement. Yeah. But uh, there's a very personal nature when you go through yes. something like this. Yes. Start with, you know, how did your family go through, first, just the revelation of the affair? Yeah. You're still with your wife. You're still with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. How did you pull that off, first off? Well, you look, uh, you know, this is something that was a private mistake that I had made before I was governor. And it was something that I had talked about with my family. And they knew, everybody, we, we knew the facts, and we were, we were moving forward. Again, not something I'm proud of. Everything I wish I could redo in my life, this was a mistake I wish I could, I could redo. Um, but then you get into office and people are paid to lie about it. You get into office and people start attacking you for it. And for your family, it is incredibly painful. Did your family know long before the prosecution started, the media started, that this had happened and was it all reconciled already? Yeah, we, you look, we had talked about this years before. Wow. And, and so. That doesn't come out in any of the news reporting. No, look, we talked about this years before, and what was so awful was that when this happens, and you literally have your mugshot taken, yeah. 
right? And then, you know, my mom's an early childhood special ed teacher, and she mm. goes to school to work with kids, yeah, and everybody's good. wondering, I mean, they saw in the newspaper, it must right. be true. It's not like people get charged for crimes with no evidence, right? I mean, now all of that truth is now coming out, but this was a years-long process where it was hard for my family, it was hard for my friends, and also for my team. You know, people who'd been on my campaign, right. people who were in Works the governor's so office, yeah. they'd worked so hard for all of this. And then uh, you have all of these lies that are told, the bribes that are paid, and it takes a toll. And in fact, that's what I think they do with this, is that they really do try to target your family. I mean, they know when they do this, uh, they charge you with taxpayer dollars, and you have to pay for your defense yourself. They go after you using the people's money, but while you're defending yourself, you're paying your kids' college tuition That's money right. that you tried those to save. Bills don't the go money, away. Those bills don't go away, no. and it is really, really hard on families. And they know that they're doing this and that they are targeting the family. Um, at your toughest moment, you know, probably around the time you're considering yeah. resigning, uh, where do you draw strength from? How do you get through that moment uh, to yeah. to get up the next morning and say, I got I to gotta go fight because the truth still has to come out? Yeah, I think, look, it was one of the toughest things I've ever had to do because I knew at the time that all of these things were false. It was also the right decision for the people who I love the most. And it was hard. It was, I mean, to say that it was painful is an understatement. Yeah. You can't understand unless you go through it, right? Uh, yeah. But, but the, I do, I have found that, like, if you have faith, then you do believe that in the end the truth will come out. It's coming out now. And that you can move through pain and you can become wiser. Uh, you can move through suffering and you can become stronger. <laughs> and I think that I have moved through a lot of pain and I hope that I'm wiser. I've certainly moved through a lot of suffering and I hope that I'm stronger for it. That, um, that's what uh, the best yeah. prize that could come out of this, I imagine. Yes. When I uh, started in my career at the AP 30-plus years ago, there was a wise mentor, Walter Mears, and he had um, a, a sign he gave me in my, for, to put up my little desk, and it said a couple things. It's great to be first. It's better to be right. Yes. Uh, and uh, two, at the end of the day, facts are a stubborn thing. That can work for you or against you, depend how you de depending how you use them. Uh, in this case, I guess at the end of the day, the people who had the first story had it wrong. Yes. The good news is that ultimately the story got right. Yes. The second part is that the uh, facts are a stubborn thing, and it yes. maybe took you two and a half years, but those yes. facts are coming to light in a very significant way, yes. and I think that's probably the only silver lining in this otherwise very yeah. dark cloud of a story. Yeah, it was, it was, a, dark, it was a dark story, um, to use a, like a, a nautical analogy. <laughs> you have this big wave of lies. Right. But it does, it kind of crashes on the rock of the facts. And that wave is powerful. It's incredibly powerful. It is all encompassing. Right. But at the end of the day, the facts are there. And the wave does kind of crash on the rocks, and the rock remains, and the wave dissipates. All of the lies go away. And, um, and the, the facts are there. And that is, that is good. Um, but there have been, you know, I always try to find blessings in, every, in everything. And there have been blessings in this time as well. And I am, and we are going to use it, use it for the good.
Uh, that's important. Well, Governor Greitens, thank you for spending so thank much you. time today yeah, with uh, John yeah, Solomon Reports and Just the News. Folks, if you want to hear and see the actual documents that back up everything the governor just told you, go to justthenews.com, click on the story, hit the dig in button, and you'll watch the videos, go see the documents, go see the media coverage. You might scratch your head a little bit about some of that media coverage, uh, but it is one very big story, uh, and it should concern all of us, whether you're a Missouri resident or living anywhere else in this great country. So thanks again. And that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Governor, thank you again. You're very welcome. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of uh, John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where we give you just that news, facts, no speculation, no opinion, no spin. And today with Governor Greitens, I'm going to thank him for sharing his extraordinary story. It is an extraordinary time. Uh, and when these things can happen to a president, to a sitting governor, false accusations can be made to look real and affect the lives of everyday people and the politicians who are uh, sullied by them. We all need to worry as Americans. We'll be back next week with a new edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, have a great weekend.